The saying goes that black women are the leading force when it comes to entrepreneurship. However, statistics show that only 8% of millionaires nationally are black. 76%, however, are white. If black women are leading the pack of business ownership, shouldn't we dominate the number of millionaires? Somewhere, there's a huge disconnect. I'm Casey Cooper, the founder of The Compass Circle. I teach woman-owned and minority companies how to make millions by doing business with the largest customer in the world, the federal government. Give us your name. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we start the interview. Okay. My name is Casey Cooper. I'm the founder of The Compass Circle. I'm a native of Virginia, but I am newly uh, a resident of Florida, and I'm very excited and honored to be here. Thank you. Oh, so you, um, I live in Florida. What part of Florida do you live in or have? I'm actually in uh, Aventura area. Oh, so you're down there near Miami. Awesome. Yeah, I was born and raised in Miami. You do? Oh, wow. I ran from it at the age of 16. Oh yeah, you ran. Oh wow. Well, you know, one person's I did. One person's runaway is another person's go-to. You know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably because I was in the um, the entertainment industry, trying to pursue like acting and modeling and stuff like that. And it wasn't until I started modeling professionally. But there, it's just like you know, because Latin women can they look black. You know, Hispanic, pretty much any color, so a very, very diverse look. It made it very, very difficult, you know, for um, black women to, to really prosper. So that's probably why. Right. Outside of that, very beautiful, a lot of opportunities. So, yeah, big shout oh, out to you then. Another Floridian. I love it. I love it. So um, let's talk Thank a little you. bit about um, your company and then uh, also tell me as you do that. What inspired you to um, to pursue this? So a little bit about my company. So my background, I started in 2006 with a trucking company. I literally started with one dump truck. Um, had no idea what I was doing. I had no real direction. I didn't even really have any real rhyme or reason as to why I was getting into this business. Um, I was about 27, and I was about to get married. I was having my first baby. And I just thought, you know what, I want to have the freedom. I want my husband to be able to bring home, a, you know, a good paycheck. But we didn't have, you know, 20 more years to go to school and all of that stuff. We kind of had to, you know, make make the best of what was. So I just, I don't know, I just conjured up this, this trucking company. And back then I was so naive to think that I was just going to put this truck on the road and I was going to have this driver who was going to drive. And, you know, I'd become a millionaire. I mean, that's literally what I thought. Um, lo and behold, it did not go quite that way. Um, it took me about 10 years just to kind of start seeing any kind of light at the tunnel. And through, you know, my journey, I started contracting to the federal government, and that's really where I got into, like, the million-dollar game. The only situation with that was, you know, when I would go to these meetings and seminars and workshops, I would see older white men, you know, I would see the one Indian lady and the one older black lady, but I didn't see anybody in my demographic. I was, you know, about 30 or somewhere in there, the early 30s, and I never saw, you know, myself in the room. 
So it was, it was a little overwhelming at first because you're already new to this, you know, to this federal world. There's a lot of, you know, terminology you don't know, a lot of rules and clauses and things. And then to be somewhere where you don't see anybody who represents, you know, your demographic, it could be a little off-putting. So I was very intimidated, um, very nervous and scared. And I really didn't have anybody to, like, coach or mentor me. All the people who were much more successful than I was, they were so successful that they wouldn't take my calls, they wouldn't reach back out, you know, they wouldn't help me at all. And so fast forward a couple of years later, I was awarded a $5.5 million transportation contract, and I thought, I need to share this information. You know, women of color especially are becoming, you know, entrepreneurs at a faster rate than anybody else in the world. And this is a great opportunity for us to, you know, feed our children and to live the lives we want. But somebody has to give this information on a very elementary, you know, basis, and that's what I did. The Compass Circle was born to help woman-owned and minority companies grow in business. And so I've been doing that side of it for like three years now, and it's been really rewarding, so rewarding, I can't even tell you. Um, And that's how we started. So I'm very honored to, you know, help you know, any woman out there who's who's trying to get, you know, a, a foothold in, in any industry, you know, really take advantage of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to ask you about the networking events that um, that I I saw um, that was text to me. I'm going to ask you about that in just a second. But I just want to kind of do some housekeeping because I wanted to know, like, you said that you were the only person in the room. So as of today, 2021, what percentage of truckers are females? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's still very male-dominated. It's funny, too, because, you know, you have all these huge trucking companies, but in the office, you know, the people who are keeping, you know, the admin side going and keeping compliance are majority women. I would venture to say, I mean, I don't even think it's about 30% of us that actually, you know, represent woman-owned trucking companies. Um, but it is becoming, you know, way more popular. You're seeing, you know, woman truckers and woman trucker groups on Facebook and social media. Um, even in the contracting sector, you know, you go on Clubhouse, now everybody's talking about government contracts and, you know, trucking and go women and all this and that. But 10 years ago, that just wasn't the case. So, you know, again, I'm just happy to be able to, you know, do my part to spread awareness and to, you know, share the gospel of, of being a woman, you know, empowered business. I love that. The gospel love. That was beautiful. <laughs> um, so a, a few more housekeeping questions, um, because you're you're a woman and two things that really stood out to me. You seem very, very feminine. And most female truckers that I've seen, um, especially on, on television and in person, mostly on TV. They're very, very, like, strong, masculine. So how do you maintain your femininity? And also, is it safe to be a female truck driver? And and, and if it is, then what precautions do you take? Oh, wow. Um, I think my mother helped me, you know, and has helped me in the past with the femininity. I have a very beautiful mother, um, and she's always been, you know, a very feminine woman from, you know, getting – you know, manicures and pedicures and, you know, just keeping herself, um, you know, well-kept. Um, I'm exactly like her. I mean, I look just like her. I act just like her. As much as I hate to admit it, you, you know, you win, Mom. 
I am exactly, you know, my mother's child. And so just having her strong influence in my life has really helped me to become the woman I am. So she was my blueprint, you know, for just pampering myself and just kind of adorning myself and, you know, celebrating myself. Um, it can be dangerous on the roads, though, you know, being a, a woman, period, or anybody. I mean, I've seen people lose their lives on the road. I've seen people kill each other on the road. Um, it can be very dangerous, but, you know, I always take extra precautions, whether it's getting there way earlier before everybody else. You know, sometimes you can have somebody come and meet you if you're getting out of the truck or you're going to the truck and it's going to be, you know, so early where it's dark outside. Um, typically, when I used to drive, I wouldn't stay at the truck stops. If I had to be out there on the road, I would just pull over, get a hotel, you know, things like that, well-lit areas. You know, you want to be off the roads, you know, at a certain, you know, time. I didn't like driving, you know, very, very late at night. Just try to, you know, be visible and, and have that visibility in case anything happens. So it's definitely dangerous, but, you know, it doesn't have to be. There are some precautions that you can take to, to remain safe. Yeah, I didn't want to put that, you know, put that energy on you. I was just, um, just for our listening audience, I wanted to make sure um, to address that because um, we do have a very young, I'll say millennial audience, not necessarily young, and it's possible that, you know, because of this interview that people would be interested um, because we're in the middle of a pandemic and people are looking for multiple streams of income and if they have the the dedication and know-how we can provide them with the, the basics then um, I would hope that they would uh, pursue something like this because I per your story it's, it's definitely uh, has proven to be worthy um, of time and and passion so again kudos to you um, I was going to ask something um, before I moved into um, Oh, that's what it was. It would, if a person is new getting into the business, would it behoove them to, to travel with someone? Is is that feasible because you, you travel a lot? Um, is, it, is it typical for teams, you know, for two people to partner and, and team up as truckers? Oh, absolutely. So they have what you call team driving, and there's a certain amount of hours a day that only one person can drive, so we team up all the time. And basically, when you have two people driving, the truck doesn't have to stop. You have your hours of service. Of course, you know, all this is mandated by the federal government. So the federal government doesn't want you driving 20 hours a day because, of course, that's, you know, that's dangerous. So with two people, you know, the truck basically doesn't have to stop. And it is a lot safer. You know, sometimes if you're a female and, you know, you're with another female, People are less tempted to try something or, you know, if you have a, a man traveling with you. Um, so Teams is very advantageous, and Teams make really good money um, working together. Of course, you know, two heads are always better than one. So if anybody out there, you know, considering it and you've got a partner and they're kind of fearless and don't mind getting in the truck, you know, I say go at it, you know, have at it. It's it's pretty lucrative. Right. And um, speaking of money, is it um, – this is inspired by something I heard Wendy Williams say the other day, and she said that um, because it's a male-dominated industry, her industry and most industries are, the pay is different. Um, so is, is that the case in the in the trucking business no. as well, or do you make no. as money as you work? 
as hard as you work? You make money okay. as you work. It's okay. more uh, about the company, you know, the maturation of the company. Of course, as you, if your company is, is younger, you tend not to get the better rate. You know, as you mature, you get three months in, you get six months in, you get a year in, you get two years. Then you typically become a little bit more knowledgeable. Um, you may go out and, you know, get some equipment that will, you know, trailers and whatnot that will help you make more. So, it's funny, it is male-dominated, but in this field, this is one of the few fields that's probably not, you know, you're not paid 30 cents less on a dollar because you are a woman. So that's a really a really positive, you know, takeaway. All right, thank you for that. Um, the other thing, because I had, a, I had a, a friend or family member, I can't remember, and I remember um, – he said that he could only drive so many hours per day. Do they still mandate that? Like, is that still law that you've got to? Uh, oh yeah. To pull over oh, yeah. after driving so many oh, hours. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, one thing about the good old federal government—they are going to regulate everything. And so, you know, it's it's not just about the safety of the trucker; it's about the safety of the people who are also driving on the road with the truckers. Um, unfortunately, you know, they have seen you know a lot of times where you know these guys are trying to push it and get these loads delivered and, you know, sometimes falling asleep at the wheel or just not being as alert as you should be is dangerous for, you know, everybody on the road. So, yeah, it's actually, um, they used to have log books that were paper logs that you would have to, you know, take on the road with you and log your hours and your, you know, your resting times. But now it's electronically mandated. So you can't really get around, you know, you used to could finagle your, your log books and kind of fudge the numbers. Now you can't really do that. Yeah. So what, where do you, I know that you are, um, you live, you're in the Florida area. Do you service the Florida area or do you travel worldwide? No. So now that I'm on the federal side and doing a lot of consulting, I have come up out of the truck. Uh, amen. Um, I no longer have to drive. <laughs> thank God. I have broadened my horizons and I've gotten a little bit smarter about how I do things now. At this point in my career, I hire the trucking companies to do the work for me and I just make mm-hmm. my money, you know, mm-hmm. off the trucks. Um, but the trucks that mm-hmm. I do have under my um, management, they're nationwide. Um, Florida, to be honest, though, is not really, they don't have the best rate per mile, so nobody really likes to go to Florida. People like to, you know, go all the other, the combined 47 states. Um, But I have freight and drivers all over, literally all over the country. So, I mean, there's lanes, there's freight, there's loads everywhere. Um, And we just, you know, help, help them keep the wheels turning. I can't remember. Recently we did, um, Gosh, I can't remember if it was the reason why gas prices were up, but they—they they, whatever the complaint was that there weren't enough truckers. Um, I don't know if it was water or uh, food it's surplus everything. or something like that. Okay, it's okay. everything. Yeah, it's you know with COVID what, what's and all, the deal seen... with that? If you've got truckers, it's just because you know, it's good old supply and demand. It, it's kind of twofold you got supply and demand and with COVID right now things are so hard to get because of all the you know mandates put on you know everybody to cover up and take all these precautions so that's one side of it and then being a just a regular company driver is a very high turnover field these drivers are just trying to get you know the next best thing and sometimes they don't always stick around you know to get that longevity so if companies can't keep drivers in trucks and there's a pandemic it makes it that much harder to get, you know, whatever that commodity is. 
and especially with fuel, you know, the cost is just driven up. So it just becomes a lot more expensive to get things in a timely fashion. You know, companies are having, you know, a hard time keeping butts in the seats, so to speak. And, you know, who pays for that is, is the consumer. So it's just it's just a, a little bit more difficult now than it was. Also, people are, you know, trying to be entrepreneurs. You know, a guy with the CDL, he's like, why would I go drive for a company if I can get out here and get my own truck? So we're just seeing a, a change and a pivot in the mindset where people just want their own piece of the pie and, they're, you know, they're going for it. So there's a, a shortage of drivers. Okay, so I, just because I want this to be the way that we segue in talking about um, the Compass Circle and the networking events, um, to sum it all up, let's say that you were pitching to, again, uh, we have a predominantly uh, – um, millennial audience and then people 45 and up. Um, so there's a little bit of a gap in between the millennials and uh, I'll say 55, 55, it's not 45, 55 and up because of Judge Jerome. Um But if you were pitching to them as it relates to how passionate you are about, I know you're doing consulting, but how passionate you are about the trucking industry and being a female trucker and a a trucker, a a woman of color, if you were pitching to them, what would you say? I would say for me, you know, it's all about lineage and legacy. You know, my grandfather raised, you know, 13 people, including his wife. You know, my grandmother's never worked. You know, my my family on on my, my mother's side, they've always done very well. And so legacy was instilled in us in a very early age. You know, us Cooper girls, I'm one of the last ones. And even, you know, I'm very uh, particular about, you know, marrying and changing that name because, you know, legacy means a lot. So to the 55-year-olds and up, you know, they understand that mindset, you know, just being tough and sticking it out and, you know, seeing it through. Um, Trucking has really given me the ability to, you know, provide a very nice life for my family, my children, my mother, you know, my sister, her children, I'm really able to take care of and help a lot of people. And that is because the legacy that was instilled in me, you know, from my grandfather. So whatever industry it is, you know, the 55-year-olds and up, 70 and up, it was not easy, especially as easy as it is now for us as it was for them. And so when I think about it, I owe that to, you know, my ancestors, my grandparents, you know, all the people who came before me and towed the line just so that I could be here in this time and space. So we've all got to do what we can to make the most of it because your children are coming behind you. I'm passionate about it in that regard just because, you know, so many people have paid the way for all of us to be here. It wasn't so easy. It wasn't so liberal. You know, just one lifetime ago, we didn't have all the same rights we had. So sometimes we get a little bit, you know, beside ourselves and we get a little bit spoiled because it's so easy now. But just go back one lifetime ago, it was not like this. So that's kind of what keeps me, you know, grounded and just keeps me going. It's just, you know, when I look back generationally, it has not always been like this for us. So so that, that's what keeps me passionate about it. Now, this is a bit redundant, but, um, again, this is for the listening audience. How important is female entrepreneurship? Being oh, wow. that, you know, <laughs> oh, wow. Friday is a uh, – Oh, wow, Valerie. We're promoting oh, – we're wow. celebrating women. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. I mean, how long do we have? Well, first and foremost, where would any of us be without our grandmothers, our aunts, our mothers? I mean, you know, we have all these platforms out here, you know, talking about this and talking about that. But 
for majority of us, I'd say a large, poor, you know, percentage, 90, 95%, you know, we were held down and raised and reared and nurtured by our, you know, mothers, grandmothers, and so on and so forth. So now you have all these households, especially when, when it comes to black women and just women in general, marriages are not sticking together like they once did. You know, people are not sticking it out like they once did. So, and I can relate, you know, I was divorced, you know, um, I've been divorced now for about six years. And, you know, sometimes when you get in these relationships and you want to be, you know, treated a little better and that other person is holding, you know, more of the financial, you know, wherewithal, you know, it's it's almost like blackmail, you know, they don't want you to do this and that, or they're going to withhold the money. So it's imperative. Women of all colors and shapes and sizes, we have these children to raise. You know, we have to be all we can be. We have to keep the lights on. We have to keep them educated. We have to keep them emotionally healthy. We have to be spiritually balanced. We have so many requirements, you know, and having money and access to resources really changes, you know, the trajectory of not only your life, but your children's life. So if you don't have a man in the household, I mean, it's it's a must that your finances have to be in order because especially if you have multiple children, you know, that's already two against one. You've got to really toe the line. You know, we want our children to be educated in the best schools. Private school is expensive. Braces are expensive. Just the daily needs of children are expensive. They want iPads. You know, they want all this stuff. And a lot of times we are the only person that they can depend on. So it it's of the most, you know, urgency that we make the best of the situation. We get out here and make the most of these opportunities so that we can take care of these children. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. And this will be the um, the last question um, before we, uh, again, segue into talking about um, why we're here today. Um, I study a lot of people um, who are into not only motivational but personal development. And so, again, another question for the audience, um, because the quarantine, COVID, working from home, it sort of kind of made us lazy a little bit. And it really takes a particular kind of discipline um, in order to yeah. to really stick to your rituals. So do you have any tools, yeah. um, any, anything that you could do to challenge our listening audience um, who have enjoyed the spoils of a digital revolution? Um, do you have any, uh, any, any tools that you, you could afford uh, the audience how to, to really get started and and you can definitely pitch you know the trucking industry if you if you'd like to um, but again more so females what we need to do uh, what we need to set aside how what kind of goals and and should those be immediate goals long term et cetera et cetera absolutely so first and foremost I would say start with you you know as being a woman and it took me about forty years to realize this. You are taught, don't do this, do this, be nice, be nice, be nice, nope, nope, be nice. And so when you're raised to be so nice, sometimes you can kind of lose your voice and sometimes you can kind of lose your own, you know, kind of prowess to be all that you can be. Um, all of us come here on very different assignments. You know, no two peoples are the same. So I think, number one, just getting clear or getting the space to be clear about what it is that you're passionate about and what you came to do. There are some clues that you came here with that are kind of, you know, indicators in, in what things, you know, move you. So I would say, you know, just get clear on that. I think my mother told me, like, you know, my first or second year in trucking, you know, she was begging me, like, please stop it. You know, it's not going well for you. Please stop. And I refused. And, of course, now she's asking for Chanel bags every month, you know. 
So had I stopped, <laughs> I wouldn't be in the situation, <laughs> you know, I'm in now. So if I wasn't clear about my path and I wasn't so hard-headed, I would have gotten off the path and I'd probably be, who knows, doing, you know, doing what by now. Um, also, too, so many times we overlook, we just overlook the forest for the trees and every single, and this is for the, the listeners, in everybody's just local city in your state, there's opportunities. If you have a janitorial company, you can go to your city and there's a, a vendor website somewhere. There's opportunities to clean up, you know, all the recreation centers, all the libraries, clean up all the jails just in your immediate area. And those are contract opportunities that last for at least between one and four or five years. That's how you gain longevity as a small business owner. Too many times we're out here trying to do hand-to-hand business, you know, trying to get one customer at a time, one customer at a time, one customer at a time. But you have a life. You have your personal development and growth. You have children. You have bills. You know, it's very hard to to manage everything that you have as an individual and a a mother and a a wife and all these other things. And then try to build this million-dollar business with one company, you know, one customer at a time. So doing business with, you know, the state, state hospitals, um, federal facilities, and local municipalities, it's, it's, it's money right there. You're paying taxes, and those tax dollars have to go to, you know, roads, bridges, tunnels, and highways. Well, there's a lot of other uh, disciplines on those jobs, and these jobs are $400, $500 million. Well, what people don't know is there's also a minority participation goal. And so that minority participation goal is going to mandate, hey, 10% or 20% of this, you know, $400 million job has to go to small business owners, has to go to minority businesses right in your local area. So a lot of times we are so busy, you know, trying to get out here and hustle it up when the money is right there. We're just overlooking it. So that is that is like a major key. You know, go Google your, your local city's vendor list, the procurement offices, you know, the state vendor list, and get on those lists so that you can have access to those opportunities. And, you know, that's where your money is. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, how important are vision boards and, and writing down your goals? Is, is that something that you factor in when you consult? Um, that would be, to be honest, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit different, you know. When I want something, all I have to do is purpose it in my heart. I mean, you know, I think writing is definitely good. You know, you can use that as a tool. Again, I think all of us have our kind of individual preferences. But for me, once I really purpose it and I write it in my heart, I mean, it's going to happen. Once I write it in my heart and I say it out my mouth, I mean, I'm going to do it. And that's just, you know, my mindset might not happen on Monday. It might not happen on Wednesday. It might not happen Friday. It might not happen that month. But if I say something and I, I purpose it in my heart, it, it's going to happen. I think vision boards are a great tool to just kind of, you know, if you can't visualize or, hell, even if you can, you know, if that's what it takes for you. But me, I'm just so focused. I mean, literally every day, all day, I am moving forward, you know, not not paying attention to, you know, what I what I don't want, but paying attention to, to desired results only. And and that takes a lot of focus, you know, that does. It's not the easiest thing in the world, especially if you haven't been taught to do that. So, you know, vision boards are great. I don't particularly utilize that, you know, technique because, you know, like I said, once I put it in my mind, it's there. It's not going anywhere. It's going to happen. Um, But writing down things for me definitely helps. 
Um, I have a list that I do and I check off every day. Writing it down kind of ingrains it in my brain. It helps me memorize, helps me carry it around with me. Um, and you're also, you know, you're manifesting. You're writing down, you know, the desires of your heart. You know, there's scriptures that talk about, you know, writing it down and making it plain. So I'm, I'm definitely a writer. Um, but I'm very focused and I'm very strong in my convictions. And if I say something's going to happen and I purpose it in my heart, it's going to happen. Yeah. So now let's, um, let's move to the, the compass circle.com. Um, for those of you listening, please visit the compass C O M P A S S circle.com. So I'm on the site and, um, to me it, it moves like, uh, I, I love it. But it's like a like you're a model. I, I thought <laughs> if I if you know people don't read, so we want to make that clear. People yeah. don't read; they just kind of yeah. scan. So that that's the beautiful part. So what was the inspiration about around the 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 bold and 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 sexiness of of it all? Let, let's start there. Then I'll start let's to start read there. a lot. What's on the site? Okay. So for. So for me, I mean, you're right. We touched on this earlier. You know, when I was out there driving, I never saw any women that looked like me, right? We're talking like 15 years ago. You know, I've always been a, you know, a pretty attractive girl. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not a supermodel or anything, but I'm definitely not bad on the eyes. Um, and I just never saw anybody who was out there, you know, dealing with the trucks and greasing them and driving them and all that kind of stuff. And then you have the, the flip side, whereas, you know, on Saturday night or Sunday, you know, you go to karaoke or you go have dinner and you go throw your dress on and you become this, you know, alter ego of who you were Monday through Friday. Are you the same person? Absolutely. But you're just wearing a different, you know, outfit or uniform, so to speak. So for me, it was about just bringing who I am very much, you know, in both facets in one, you know, one brand. Um, I'm very girly. I love being feminine. I love getting my hair done. I love being pampered. But at the same time, I will kick these, you know, shoes off and get busy if that's what it takes. Um, and so just, you know, it's the best of both worlds. A lot of us, you know, are dual humans. You know, we have one side over here and you have another side over here. So for me, it's just bringing the two together. Um, it does make for a very interesting brand because you don't see a lot of women who look like me, you know, who are able to drive and, able to go out here and, you know, take over this trucking industry. But it's me, you know, and I have to bring with me all that I am. And so I bring the beauty, but I definitely bring the brain. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I love it. I actually think you deserve it. <laughs> I like about what you did, um, how you accomplished that goal is you people forget that. Um, and, and excuse my French, um, but profanity is my second language, so just just ignore me. Um, but, you know, when you're on your way to the top or, or you're a female in a, a predominantly male industry, people expect you to kind of play yourself down um, because yeah. they can't stay focused outside of that. Um, I, I mentioned to you earlier, you know, from 17 pretty much until about five years ago, I was in the entertainment industry, anything from not not any, not, not like stripper, nothing. You got to be careful. I know I got to be careful with that word nowadays, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I did a lot of lifestyle modeling, professional runway, all this kind of stuff, beauty pageants, you name it. And, and so I was expected to play 
that down. And I'm like, why can't I just be myself as I'm being myself? Yeah. And that's the part that I really, really respect about what you did. Because what it's going to do is it's going to to bless a lot of people to say, just be yourself. Don't hide your beauty. Be whatever. Do you know what I mean? Be you. That's the most yeah. important part. Yes. If you are not you, then you can't manifest what you are thinking, you know, and that, that's the yes. thing. If you're, you're, you're trying to be somebody else, then your fake, your dreams are not going to believe anything that you say because you, you don't believe, okay. you're not comfortable in your own skin. So I love, love, love that you just showed. I mean, like literally I get personality, I get confidence, I get, <laughs> you know, how you celebrate your femininity. I, I get all of that, and I'm so, so, so excited about that, um, and I just wanted to say that. Um, so let's now talk about, okay, so again, audience, I am on thecompasscircle.com, and uh, I just want to start with the intro. I'll read a few sentences. Um, she says, I am Casey Cooper, the face, the face of the Compass Circle. Excuse me, I'm scrolling. Um, I started a trucking company in 2006 and have successfully scaled into contracting for the federal Government. Now I'm going to skim over. It says, the journey has molded me into the woman I am today. I intend to be a compass and the light, oh, wait, and light the way for those who come alongside me. Let us point you in the right direction. So let's talk about compass and circle because you mentioned that, well, you mentioned the word compass in your quote-unquote yeah. bio which introduced you as a yeah. CEO. So what inspired you to, to name it Compass Circle? Well, Valerie, I'm glad you asked me that. So my daughter, Promise, is nine years old, and she was born about almost five months early. So when she was born, she was born only one pound, and she stayed in the NICU for about five months. And I went into preterm labor with oh, her wait, when I was about five. five months early? Yeah, five months early. So I was about five, almost five months when I went in the hospital with preterm labor pains with her. And I went, you know, went to the hospital, you know, you know, kind of not knowing what's going on. And then they checked me. They were like, wow, you know, your amniotic sac is like hanging. We, We can't even check you. So you got two options here. You can, we can break this water and, you know, we'll have this baby. And of course she's not, you know, she's not, internally old enough to survive so of course she'll die and you can go home or you can sit here until she gets you know six months and at six months she has viability to where you know she may survive we don't know if she's gonna you know come out damaged or you know have issues but you know the choice is yours wow right what a choice right so I sat there in the hospital for two about two weeks and I got six months and three days, and I started having labor pains again. But while I sat in the hospital every day, they would bring, you know, the trays with the food. And the butter, the brand of butter was called Promise. And I was so kind of just, I just, I didn't have anything else to hold on to. And I just took that as a sign of like, you know, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to wait on this baby. And whatever she is, whatever she isn't, she's going to be mine. And I named her Promise. So fast forward years later, um, Promise was going to, you know, school, and she had some behavioral delays, um, but she was having issues with one of her schoolmates, and they were like, listen, you have to get somebody in in this school to, you know, help your child, or we're going to kick her out. So I'm like, oh, my God. So I got in contact with um, uh, her therapy center, and they sent 
um, you know, people to the house. I'm thinking these people are coming to the house to help her. Well, they were coming to help me. So they were <laughs> giving me all these, you know, tapping techniques and all these techniques. And the company was called Compass. And so when I really got serious about, you know, the consulting side, I was like, okay, I'm trying to think of all these names, right? They're so corny, like Beauty Brains and blah, blah, blah. Just all these were corny, dumb names. And I thought, I just happened to look down one day and I saw Compass. And I was like, wow, the Compass Circle, like, you know, guiding someone as they were there to guide me. The whole time I'm thinking they're here to help my daughter, they were there to help me. And not only that, you know, I ended up gleaning a bit of the name from them. So I thought, wow, you're doing the same thing for, you know, women, you know, and, and minority companies. So that's, that's exactly how the name was born. Long story, but, you know, it was, it was purposeful. <laughs> Big shout out to Promise. Wow. Yeah. She was definitely meant to been he- be here. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank um, you. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's now talk about, um, let's see, so you started the trucking company. We we discussed that. Um, You said you landed a $5 million contract. How did that come to be? So, and this is all the listeners, get out your pens. So when you start contracting to the government and and doing federal work, um, there is a certification, and it's called the 8, the number 8 and the letter A. 8A, it's called the 8A certification. The 8A certification allows uh, minority companies and companies with disparities to get a leg up on the competition. That leg up is you do not have to bid for contracts, and you can actually bypass the bidding process if you can show that you have enough past performance to substantiate that particular job or that amount of the job. So at the time when I got into the 8A program, I was about – uh, I would say about ten. I was over ten years in business, and so I had done a lot of different, you know, jobs and a lot of different contracts and things like that. So when I got into the federal arena and I actually got that certification, there was a contract that you know came up, and um, I made introduction. Um, I actually got awarded the contract because of that certification, and that's how I won it, you know, through that certification. So. For anybody out there, if you guys, I would say if you have at least two years of experience under your belt, you have, you know, profit and loss, tax returns, um, you know, everything has to be in good good order because the government's going to bet you, you know, very heavily. Um, it takes about anywhere from six to nine months. It's a very lengthy process. They're going to vet, you know, everything. If you, you know, have what it takes to get through all of that, you know, rigorous vetting, then you can definitely get into the program. Um, They can award you $7 million or less in contracts if you have the past performance again to substantiate it. And that that, uh, that certification lasts for nine years. So if you take an average business owner who's, you know, been struggling to kind of get, you know, a real situation and you've been in business for a couple of years and then you get in the program and you get a substantial contract, that is how you really get a, a good foothold and can kind of, you know, move forward and, and make things happen. So um, it's been very life-changing for me. I'm in my fourth year now, and um, I highly suggest anybody who is under the sound of my voice and, you know, you think you can pull it off to, you know, I, I strongly encourage you to just, you know, look into it and apply. It's free. Um, again, it is very time-consuming, but if I could do it, you know, back then with no help at all, 
Um, and back then it was very hard. Like everything was, you know, the hard papers, the, the actual documents you had to turn in. Everything now is digital, of course. But I would strongly suggest, you know, doing that, and that's literally how I, you know, got that contract. Thank you. Um, so I want to turn the attention to the video because you said um, you advertised attention truck owners lease on us, lease on with us. Um, yes. No authority needed. Well, what does that mean yes. to, to a novice? So when you apply to, you know, have a trucking company, there's two ways you can do it. You can either have an authority, which means you have the authority to move that truck you know, to any of these joined 48 states. Um, and that's what, you know, is having an authority is. If you don't, you have to run under somebody's authority because, you know, you have to have the authority to run, to run in all the states. So we take um, non-authority holders and they're able to lease on. Um, in our lease on program, we give them educational tools that no other trucking company gives them. Like, it's unheard of. Um, you have the major players in the game, like the large, you know, white firms. And a lot of times the truckers, you know, are taken advantage of because so much of the rate per mile goes directly to the company. Well, here at the Comfort Circle, we educate our truckers on government contracts, you know, local uh, opportunities. Um, we give them capability statements. We give them free classes on different things to to grow and scale their business, like doing business with the ports. Um, getting freight from overseas, um, over-dimensional loads, all these things that, you know, truckers see, but they never really know how to get there. So we give them the tools, um, you know, we reward them and help them really grow and scale while they're working with us. And also we only charge um, 15% of the load, which is, which is very low. Most companies are charging, you know, 30 35%. So you take a guy that's been on the road, you know, all week long, he's been away from his family, you know, if he makes or he grosses about, you know, 9000 or 10000 for the week, after all of these, you know, crazy deductions, he's lucky to bring home, you know, $4,500 because there's so many deductions. Well, over here, every month you get a free class, so that's education to help you grow your business. Um, and then we only charge 15% so that most of the money is going to you because you're the person out there on the front line doing the work. So, you know, for anybody who's listening, I mean, it's a wonderful opportunity not just to work um, with, you know, like-minded individuals, but also to get knowledge that nobody else is going to give them. Thank you. Um, so, I perused the site and I wanted to differentiate between your business also um, accolades to the fact that um, you're a minority-owned um, and operated company. I appreciate that and always, you know, stand up for any minority-owned business. Um, and I just wanted you to just let people know uh, because on your website you announced that you go the extra mile to maintain outstanding relationships with uh, the owner-operators. So it's a two-part question. What does that mean to you? You know, what what did it mean when you wrote it? And also what sets you apart of other companies outside of oh, being wow. a minority? So I'll go back a little bit just to the, to the previous question. I mean, just my background, I'm kind of like a unicorn. You know, a lot of people who are in trucking don't take it as far as I have. 
You know, I've done some of the largest projects, like, literally in the world, you know, $200 million power plants, $400 million, you know, bridges and tunnels. The average trucker, when they get their CDL, all they're thinking is, okay, I'm just going to go out here and I'm going to get a truck. You know, I'm going to haul these containers. I'm going to haul this, you know, these average loads. You know, I've hauled some of the widest (laughs) and, you know, just most, you know, complex freight there is. And that stuff really pays, you know, very well. Um, not just being a minority, but also, you know, segueing into the federal side. You know, the federal government is where all the, you know, funding comes from for pretty much, you know, all all this freight and all these, you know, infrastructure that, you know, they're building right now. And so it really provides a wonderful opportunity, especially if you're a trucker. You know, you have all these truckers out here. It's a lot of risk and, you know, resources put into putting these trucks on the road. Unfortunately, though, they don't have the, you know, further education to really kick it up into high gear and, you know, really take advantage of some of these, you know, really huge opportunities. So, like I was saying earlier, nobody is teaching these truckers where to get direct freight, you know, where to get government freight. Just last year, we helped 12 black businesses get um, into FEMA's service provider transportation program. Now, that doesn't sound like a large number, but there were only 89 in the world. So for us to help 12 more black businesses get in there, that's pretty significant. And that's something that, you know, a lot of them hear about. You hear all these enigmas, contracts, FEMA, FEMA, you know, especially for people in in the trucking side. But a lot of them don't know how to gain access to it. They don't even know how to apply. So aside from, you know, the education, teaching them, you know, just how to apply, how to read these contracts, how to, you know, talk the lingo, Um, how to respond to these notices is like priceless information, you know, that we give them. Um, So that definitely sets us apart because nobody on this planet is doing that. Um, You know, they just, they won't give up that game. So we definitely do that. And that definitely differentiates um, us in in this space. Thank you. Um, The other thing is uh, you mentioned you transitioned from, driver to consultant, what was that process? And I know you touched on it, but also what does that entail? What What is it that you do now more so than – no, I, actually, that's it. What do you do as a consultant? And then we'll talk about the networking event. Okay. So at my highest, I had five trucks, five trailers, five drivers, and I was pulling my hair out, Valerie, every day because something was happening, there was some fire that needed to be put out, somebody didn't show up for work, somebody lost their paperwork. I mean, it was just, you know, it was a shit show. I'm a sailor too, right? And so I was working in my business, so I could not work on my business. I'm sorry, say it again? No, I said, yay, Team Estrogen, we cursed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was, it was was very difficult. And, you know, my children were, like, way younger, too, so it was, it was really difficult. So for me, I was like, okay, I have to come up with something else because I can't be out here every day, run into the, you know, the, the Freightliner store, you know, meeting mechanics. You know, I'm out here late at night fixing truck tires. I mean, it was just, it was horrible. And so once I got my first couple of contracts on the federal side, it allowed me to really start doing project management, start hiring the people to facilitate these jobs instead of me trying to go out there with my own equipment, you know, my limited manpower, and to do it myself. So subsequently I was able to sell all of my trucks, thank God, um, and I started, you know, doing contracts. 
once I started doing contracts, I started getting larger jobs to where I would have to start hiring, you know, these trucking companies. I would start, have to start hiring guys who already had their own equipment. And now I didn't have to deal with the breakdowns and all that kind of stuff, you know, because it's like you're subbing out your work to them. So I was able to transition in that way. And that was, you know, in the real world. But then when I took it to social media and I started telling people, you know, about these opportunities and, you know, all the stuff that was available, I started making money there also by doing classes and, you know, all the events and stuff. Now, mind you, this was about three years ago. So it was, it was early for me. You know, I was kind of apprehensive about it. But once I started it, I mean, you have a class and, you know, 100 or 200 people show up. You know, not only are you helping people, but that's also a very nice payday. So in conjunction with what I was already doing, it has really afforded me, you know, an amazing life. Um, able to travel and to touch so many people and to just, you know, really get out here and just be all you can be on your own terms, you know. So that's really what life is like now. Um, we also set up trucking companies for people. Um, I don't know if you saw that on the site, but I have a, a program. It's called the Turnkey Trucking Program, and that's what, I, what we basically do. We basically set up your trucking company to where you are the owner, and we hire the fleet for you so that you're not out here trying to learn trucking 101 and mechanics 101 because, I mean, let's be honest, who's, who's really built for that? I mean, you're not really built for that. doesn't mean you can't be a trucking owner. doesn't mean you can't be a business owner. But we set you up to handle more so of the business side of it. Um, we did for you so you don't have a lot of, you know, worryation about that. And you're able to do business with other minorities, make your money, and you don't have all the headache and all of the heartache that I went through for, you know, over 10 years trying to, you know, become a mechanic because you're breaking down everywhere. And it really, you know, it really works well. So I spend my time now, you know, doing events, teaching, consultations, you know, setting up trucking companies, um, still doing contracts. Um, you know, I've kind of segued into, you know, doing a lot of kind of TV things now and, you know, talking about doing some shows. So it's really been a, a wonderful ride, but it's it's turning into quite the opportunity. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. Um, I want to put a pin in that thought there because I want to ask you something about TV. Um, but I'm glad you explained that because you, you kind of read my mind um, because I was just about to ask you about the turnkey program, and I know how I understood it. And um, turnkey, by definition, means an operation type of project that is constructed so it can be sold to any buyer as a completed project. So you answered that, and I appreciate that. So now I understand um, exactly what it is that you showcased um, as soon as you um, you visit the site. Um, so thank you for reading my mind <laughs> and, and taking on that, that question. Uh, um, let me see if there's anything else before I get into that. Um, the networking events, did you want to touch on that, networking and registration? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So I am going on a tour. Um, last month I did Memphis. On the 22nd of May I will be in Houston, Texas. And basically I'm going to all the top transportation cities in America um, we are going and we are providing education to talk about all the things we just mentioned, you know, how to get local contracts, how to get federal contracts, you know, where to get this, this freight from. Um, we also do a showcase on what we offer 
um, to lease on with us, you know, also. Um, just giving education and just resources and tools and just really giving the possibility. You know, I really get down in the presentation and I show them a lot of the freight that I've hauled over the years. And, I mean, some of these guys, when I show them videos of me, you know, pulling these 25-foot wide loads through these tunnels and shutting these tunnels down and escorting these loads, and, I mean, you see me out there doing it. It's not just like I was in Memphis the other week, and the guy goes, so wait a minute, that's you in the car? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, so you're not just a pretty face? Uh, No. I am exactly who I say I am. I have done what I said I've done. You know, I can prove Uh it. I show up and I show out. And it's just, you know, being that light, you know, being that compass, showing them the possibility that you can take one CDL and turn it into, you know, hell, my $6 million is cool, but turn it into $60 million, it's possible. So I'm on a tour right now, and like I said, on May the 22nd, I'll be in Houston, Texas. The event is free. So with COVID, we have a limited, uh, you know, seats, about 200 we're already at about 1.30, so if anybody wants to come, you just go to um, the website, www.thecompasscircle.com, click the registration tab, and click network, networking event, and you just register, and you are more than welcome to come. Now, to our listening audience, I have to, to definitely make it clear that we're here to celebrate you, and they would have to contact you um, because... You know, we don't promote, but we definitely yeah. support and definitely are minority businesses, so that's the main reason why I am very, very um, honored to have, uh, have had this discussion with you today because I wanted you to tell your story. So, um, guys, please visit com. There's a, uh, a drop-down menu if you click on registration. <laughs> so that you can contact. There's also a contact button, but so that you can learn more about how to register and learn about the various uh, programs um, that she offers. Um, there's another mention of an agent. Would you like to to touch on that? Because it also... Um, yes. You can also apply to be an agent as well. Yes. So we are always looking for more truckers to bring on. Again, you know, and this is to the listeners, you know, everybody knows that, you know, Truckers are the backbone of the economy. You know, the stuff that comes over here on ships, once it gets off that ship, it has to get to your doorstep, it has to get to your restaurant, it has to get to your office place, and it's the truckers that bring it. So we're always looking for non-authority truck holders. Um, So we do have an agent program where if you refer a trucker or truckers to us, we will pay um, for those referrals. And we actually have quite a few agents who make, you know, quite a, a nice penny every week just doing that. So there's also an agent link. If, you know, you guys are interested in that, feel free to apply, and our recruiter will contact you. Thank you. Now, the fun part, because I am a reality show, uh, what do I say? I won't say fanatic. I used to be, but I just don't have time anymore, but I do catch up. I'm so thankful for the YouTubers who uh, help me cheat. Um, but is that something you'd be open to, like a, a reality show? That's specific to your industry or, or your company, your job? Would you be, be interested you know what, in Valerie, something like that I if someone in, were listening? I am in talks and have been in. Um, the only thing with that is I think that with the reality shows, and especially women of color, they have kind of been, um, I'll say, edited, you know, to kind of, you know, there's a storyline also, of course. 
Um, the last thing I would do is get on television and, you know, portray myself as some fighter or, you know, all this drama, you know, if it can be done in a very tasteful sense to where we're uplifting, you know, and we're educating and just showing women of all color, you know, what's really possible through these opportunities, then I'm definitely um, open to that. Um, I do have a production company on the side too. So it's definitely something that I, um, I'm sure I'll end up, you know, doing that, uh, you know, very soon. Um, we've definitely been talking about it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm open to it. Um, I just, it has to be positive. You know, it can't be negative and can't be, you know, catty and fighting and all that stuff, what we normally see. Um, but, yeah, definitely open to that and um, looking forward to it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you made me uh, think about the fact that I think Ayanla Bonzant, um, and I can be pronounced, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Ayanla or Ayanla, Ayanla, I don't know. But uh, I think she just retired from television. And I remember thinking, I wonder, okay, I wonder if they had that conversation with her to really turn up. Um, because I, I recall a few times it was just like, very awkward outburst, and I was like, "Wow, was that for TV?" You know. Um, yeah. I, I remember that the one time, which became a meme, it's just sort of out of nowhere. She was like, "Not on my watch, not on my yeah. watch." And I'm like, "Where's yeah. that from?" <laughs> you know. So yeah. I definitely understand. Understand what you're saying. Oh my God, good luck and God bless you. This was really, you, really, darling. really. Uh, a fun time. Um, let's see. Let's see. I'm, I'm looking at the site um, because uh, here is another thing, guys, um, another thing. It says the, cri- the criteria. Let me make sure I'm reading this right. And if I'm wrong, please correct me, Ms. Cooper. But I don't know if this is to be an agent or a driver. And it says here, um, okay, you got to be at least 23 years old, clean driving record, no trailer needed. Has tags for vehicles, vehicles not older than 10 years old, owns a semi-truck, no box truck, or day cabs. Easy enough, right? Once you sign up, immediately you'll get paid. All right, so um, I definitely wanted to uh, to leave them, leave them with that. And uh, if you have anything else that we missed before I celebrate you and, you know, we just talk about, um, you know, all things Ms. Cooper, to wrap up the interview, um, is there anything regarding the website, um, registration, how to become an agent? I see you got a shop. Um, let me see, certifications, class replace, products. Let me see, because I'm real big on merch. Um, let's see. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So promote capabilities. Okay. I was oh my God, I'm I'm so off. I swear I expected to um <laughs> when I clicked on shop to see you with a compass see some t-shirt? circle T shirt modeling it. I swear I did. No. <laughs> no. Showcasing a, a cup, you know, or, or some of those mugs <laughs> that you put in the cup in the truck. In any of that kind of merchandise. So, yeah, you got me. <laughs> you got me on that. Um, but, yeah, so anything that we didn't touch on? No, Valerie. I mean, I'm honored, and I love this interview. I mean, I just couldn't be more happier. I mean, you really covered everything. And, I mean, even with those criteria, I mean, I, I love that. So thank you for, you know, sharing that with the listeners. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Um, so Friday, we will see you this Friday. I don't want to really want to date the, the, you know, in case people catch it later. But uh, we'll yeah. see you yeah. soon. And, um, you know, okay. definitely want to celebrate you as a mother. Oh, my God, what a phenomenal, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal story, you as a mother. The commitment, the fact that you did not give up, I appreciate that yeah. so much. Um, I do celebrate you even though, you know, um, you mentioned it's very, very tough to maintain a relationship um, because people are, I, I don't know, we, we quite often joke on, um, and this is off topic, but we quite quite often joke on Fridays that the women are becoming stronger and the men are becoming a little more yeah. female, yeah. you know, so that's putting it yeah. lightly. So, you know, you got the word female, but little more feminine, yeah. <laughs> um, so I call them females as opposed to males, and then the woman, you know, we are half male, that's well man, um, and it's like we're having to, to showcase that a little more, and, and we're not as protected, and, and, you know, I'm just glad that we aren't as vulnerable, and because you're, you're one of those stories, um, so like I said, I'm celebrating you, and that's what we'll be doing here soon, because uh, we don't have to give up, because there we don't have that that protection or, or quote-unquote, traditional head of household. And I don't want to lean too far to the feminine side because they're trying to take the man out of the house, and that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but I do um, celebrate the fact that, you know, you believe in yourself, um, even when others doubt at you. And, and I appreciate yeah. the fact that you award your mom reward her with Chanel bags, beautiful, beautiful things. <laughs> Shout out to mom. <laughs> Shout out to mom. You know, so, <laughs> so I want to give you the last few minutes to just kind of love on yourself and, and, you know, just celebrate you and just, you know, tell us where you are, how you're feeling, you know, in this moment, how you expect 2021 to play out in the midst of all the police brutality, supremacy here, and this talk there, and, you know, black lives matter. Okay, so let's say black truckers matter, you know, let's let's just celebrate (laughs) 2021. (laughs) So uh, is there anything that you'd like to uh, to leave us so we can end uh, on a high note? Oh, absolutely. I will say this. You know, we hear all these stories, and even now you see a lot of the younger 20-year-olds 22-year-olds, you know, 30-year-olds, they're making all these millions. But for some of us, and I consider myself to be a late bloomer, there's a group of us who have been working diligently and so hard, and just for so long we just did not see, you know, the the, the goal in sight. I mean, we just we just didn't see it. And with the pandemic and all this pivoting and turning around, I truly believe that there is a transference of, you know, abundance, of opportunity, of just all the things our ancestors were owed that we are now witnessing the harvest of. Um, I myself can attest to this. I think this is only but just the beginning. Um, Despite all the things we see, you know, right now my head is really down and I'm really, you know, focused, laser focused, like I said earlier, day in and day out. I'm so focused and I, you know, just want to employ everybody who can hear this to just keep working, you know. There's definitely something happening in this season that is going to assist you, you know. And I really believe that this is the beginning of a of a whole paradigm shift. And if you just stay focused, you know, stay pure at heart, you know, do the right thing and do your part, you know. Don't try to be anybody else. Come here to do what you came to do. Um, I'm positive it's going to yield 
um, quite quite the reward that, you know, you and I myself did not even expect, you know, even for myself with the move down here to Florida. I still have my home in Virginia, but I had to get in the sun full time because, you know, I'm a woman of color. Um, and so to have the sun just all year round, is just phenomenal, you know, just the trees, the foliage, the water, all of that. So I am really living my best life. However, I know there's a better life coming, and, you know, that's coming for all of us. It's not just me. So I just implore you guys to stick to the path, you know, stay on the path. There are countless of us who are leading and showing and teaching the way. Um, just about anything you're interested in, you know, there's somebody who can help you avoid the mistakes that they made. And, um, you know, enjoy this time because this is, is quite the time to be alive. So for that, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you, Valerie. Thankful to Judge Joe Brown um, and Tamaris Duncan and to Lori um, for this platform. And I am sure that I will speak with you again and to all the listeners, um, you know, just go out here and be all you can be. So I will leave you with that. Thank you. Yes, and a big shout-out, a round of applause to Mo Duncan. Um, he really, really works hard and is very committed to his craft. Um, and, yeah, it's an honor to to work with him. He calls too late at night, but <laughs> outside of that, <laughs> outside of that, yeah, he's a beautiful spirit, and I, I love him to life. And, and yeah, I definitely want to want to send a big shout-out to him. Now, I want you to now leave. We, we told um, the listening audience to go to decompasscircle.com, but if you could bless us with your social media or, you know, I know we got all your contact information on the, um, on the, the website, but in case someone is driving or what have you, if you could go on and, and share social contact and anything else, um, any, way, any other way to, meet, to reach you, that would be great. Officer Travis and let you know that he is so appalled by your beauty and I'm putting him on front street because he keeps asking me questions and I'm just like See how how do you get men to focus when you oh my god I'm well, clowning well, you know what? Good guy. That's not what I'm saying, but <laughs> do, do you use that to your advantage? Because I know I do. I, I quite often I I do that. I'm just like, Oh, I'm okay, yeah, that's so great, thank you. But uh, how do you get him to focus? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you, Valerie. I mean, in terms of, I think the energy that I carry, I mean, people know, like, I don't think she's, I don't think she's all, I don't think she's for the nonsense, you know. I don't really get a lot of foolery, like, in the DMs and all that kind of stuff. I know people probably don't believe that. But I get more men coming to me because they want information, because they want to know how to make money, than I get, hey, let me take you out on a date. So, I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, my demeanor or, but they, when they come to my DM, they want to know, hey, how can I get a load? How can I get paid? How can I make more money? So I don't even really have to deal with it too much in all honesty. Thank God. I think the direction, the thing I wanted to say is, you know how a lot of like, um, like marketing, um, the people in charge of marketing, they use like beauty to sell things. You know, they, they use oh, yeah. sexuality to sell it, even though it has absolutely yeah. nothing. That, that's what I was, you know, I, I I hope that, you know, people will show up because of that and then get a different experience when they leave because a lot of people, yeah. you know, will follow people who yeah. are, are, are beautiful or have this, this big spirit, you know, because we're, we're very emotional creatures, so we will follow anything, yeah. follow any light, 
somewhere, and then yeah. now you knew. Yeah. Um, that person can convert that that energy into something beautiful. So I definitely um, <laughs> he said I called his name. I didn't mean to. I promise that was a slip <laughs> up. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, I didn't mean to do that. I was just saying you have a fan. <laughs> And and that's what I that's where I should have left it, but uh, he kept texting and and I think I, that was a little Freudian slip, um, so forgive me. I was on a high, and 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 uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So you know the the sales dudes, the people who sell stuff, do that all the time. So again, like I said, kudos yeah. to you. Um, you know, for doing that and Thank taking you. advantage of that. You got to use what your mama gave you. There's no need to let it that, go to waste. That's right. So, you know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, wow, this is great. So we're going to uh, to talk to you um, in a bit. You know, I don't want to date it too much, but um very, very yeah. excited. Um, and just to let you know, Judge loves beautiful women too. So if he flirts, just get him back on track. <laughs> So, All right. <laughs> but, you know, he's a super, 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 you know, cool dude. And uh, I enjoy working with him. Can't wait for you, um, you know, to meet him. But we're definitely going to celebrate you as a mom, as a female entrepreneur. Get your story. I definitely want you to share Promise's story again uh, because, um, yes. again, off topic, what I have heard is because of COVID, I don't know if it's because of COVID, but I heard that the miscarriage rates are high. So, you oh, know, wow. just want to let people know not to to give up. Um, and, and just because yeah. the doctor says it might be, if it's not that's God's right. plan, then, you know, you know, just, well, just right. keep the faith. So we'll, that's that, that spirit of, uh, you know, hope and love and celebration, but thank you so much, and you're definitely, definitely deserving of our biggest applause. Thank you, Valerie. Yeah, thank so you so thank much. You. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. I hope you're enjoying this big exclusive via the Judge Joe Brown Show. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Now, back to the show. This show is sponsored by the Hurricane Reports, merchandise, and more. 